Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060 with Pioneer Field Agronomist Allie Wise and Josh Schaffner. Here's Josh and Allie. Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. It's January 20th, uh, 2021, and this is episode 56, Allie. Um, yeah, so kind of a little debrief here. Uh, fun episode last week, Allie. Uh, Jeff Moon from Corteva Crop Protection joined the show. Uh, if you didn't catch that, I think it's a really great episode to catch up on. Make sure you, you look that up on the, the podcast site there. And, um, you know, it um, first thing, he's a great guest, Allie. He's going to join the show once per month to kind of talk all things crop protection. And, and uh, we'll definitely set the stage ahead of those episodes. But um, I thought overall covering some of that information and uh, maybe just reviewing a couple highlights, Allie, would be a good start. Yeah, so I thought, you know, like you said, great to have Jeff on the show on more of a continual rotation, but he just provided some really interesting um, insights on just the growth of, you know, we maybe provided some what the growth looks like on the seed side um, of Enlist, and then he gave us some metrics of what Enlist won and and what the growth looks like for them on the the chemical side of the business. Um, And then he also walked us through um, Kyber, a new herbicide available on the soybean side of things, and just really helped us dissect. There's a lot of different options in that arena now, which always nice to have options, um, but he just helped us understand, you know, which maybe provides better control on the water hemp side of things, um, and what, what are some products we should continue to look at um, as we control giant rag and some, some of those other problematic weeds. So certainly um, go back and take a listen, a lot of great information there. Um, anything else specific you wanted to, to hit on, Josh? I think those are the big things and you know we stress the importance of a of a soybean pre uh, regardless of the growth with the the growth with the enlist system and I think we want to keep that front and center that you know enlist doesn't replace that it um it just really enhances uh the overall weed control system so yeah great great content and uh we'll look forward to welcome Jeff back here uh in a few weeks um so kind of rolling in uh, t- uh to this show um Allie it um or maybe just going to kind of take this a bunch of different directions, but uh, spend a little bit more time with our uh, on a topic that that's probably pertinent to our our dairy and livestock producers uh, across the listing area. And and one thing, I guess I'm not quite sure how to tee this up, Allie, but you know, you think about dairy operations and alfalfa production. You know, every spring, Allie, uh, you likely get called out to. I know I do every spring to to do some alfalfa assessments. You know, whether it be winter kill, is there enough stand? A year ago, we had a lot of heaving from some of the cold temperatures uh, fluctuations we had, which was kind of a rare event, but um, was really devastating to some stands. And, and Ellie, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, it always seems like, uh, in my opinion, when I'm looking at those alfalfas, it, it's not the first and second year hay, it's the third and fourth year hay that you're really trying to, to make some of those tough decisions on. Yeah. So like you said, I think, you know, when you think about as we're out making these seeding assessments more often than not, we're finding the bigger, biggest issues with the older stands. And so when we think about, you know, alfalfa as a perennial crop, um, a lot of times our mindset is just to squeeze every little ounce of production out of that crop as we can. And, you know, you've had some really interesting conversations uh, with some of our dairies and, and we've then had these conversations as well. So I think I just want to maybe kick off this segment of, um, how can we start to look at this as a rotational system versus just a straight rotation? Could you just maybe walk through what the difference between between those would be? I think that's a nice place to start. Yeah, and I think that's that's where to look at it. And 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 I think you know I don't maybe we're making these terms up as we go, but when you think of rotation, you know a lot of guys just think of it. You know, I raise corn, alfalfa. That's my rotation, right? You know what that looks like. It's probably not, you know. A, a complete set schedule year to year end. When I think of a system, we're, we're probably more defining that, that 
you know, we're going to have a, a set given amount of time in this case, like looking at years that, you know, we're maybe going to take some of the getting as much out of it, out of it versus looking at, you know, what is my most efficient rotational system and what's going to maximize productivity from a, a yield standpoint, but also, you know, what's going to produce the, you know, the most amount of high quality feed per acre within a given rotational system. And I think that's, you know, when we start looking at this different, you know, I think what we tee up here is, is we start going through some ideas and, and methods to make this work is, um, you know, number one, you know, how do we reduce risk? If I think about, you know, probably once every maybe five to six years, Allie, and, and I don't know, you know, maybe you haven't been through one of these really big events yet, you know, in your couple of years up here in Southeast Minnesota, but I'd say once every five or six years, we can see, um, you know, just a devastating winter kill situation, right? Where we come, come out there and, and basically all the third and fourth year hay is just, it's just toast. I think the last time I recall just catastrophic was back in 2013, where we lost probably 80% of, especially the, the second, third year alfalfa was just, fourth year was just all completely wiped out. And when you think about that, depending on your rotation, which not your system, but if your rotation was three years ago, um, we went to a thing that we seeded two thirds of alfalfa down, you fast forward, had a winter kill, two thirds of my hay crop is gone. And what does that do to the operation from a risk standpoint, a feed supply standpoint, and also just blowing up what you thought your rotation was going to be? So I think basically what we're getting at here, and obviously we're going to dig a little deeper into this in segment two is, you know, we tend to maybe get all of our eggs in one basket and just the risk associated that when we do have these bigger events that you just described versus how can we maybe think about the return that we can find from rotating those acres out quicker and just how that can be favorable as an overall um, for our operation. So we'll dig into that more as we come back um, from break. So be sure to join us when we come back. Welcome back listeners. So Josh, today we're actually talking alfalfa on the show. So kind of a different topic of conversation, but no alfalfa is arguably one of your favorite crops. So really important to have a discussion about this today. Um, but as we come back, we just want to dig deeper into some of the things that we set up in segment one. So, you know, we talked about when we look at these, um, when we look at our alfalfa seeding assessments and just finding some of those bigger issues with the, the older stands, um, I think it's just important. Maybe let's just start to dig into the fact that you know, you and I have talked through every cutting we go out there, we're taking our pretty heavy equipment between choppers and, and other pieces there. I mean, then we're also just working with some of the conditions that the weather give us and some of those windows that we have available. So um, every cutting when we when we go out there, could you maybe put some numbers to um, how potential decreases every time after going out there and then maybe how that just digs into as these seating stands get to their third and fourth years, you know, how much potential have we lost? Yep. No, it's a great question. And, and, and obviously that number will vary just depending on the, you mentioned the conditions a little bit. And before I get into this, I just want to do reference that alfalfa is my favorite crop, not one of my favorite crops. I just always wanted oh, to, the... to put that out there. It's, it's, <laughs> it is a really fun crop. Some people maybe know that about me, maybe don't, but, uh, but no, when you think about, you mentioned that what could that, what could a yield loss be from all that traffic? You know, you talk about, you know, the cutters, the mergers, the choppers, the trucks, it's a lot of heavy equipment today that we roll across those fields. And, and, and a lot of studies suggest that it's probably in the ballpark of around 6% yield reduction per cutting of all that equipment going across. Now, you know, I think of last year, Allie, where we had some just really beautiful conditions all summer, probably not as much as 6%. If I think back to two summers ago, where we had some record rainfall, there were probably some that were more than that, right? You know, where we had ruts out there and, and other things and just, you know, how hard that is on an alfalfa crop. And 
And when you start taking that compounding effect, or if that equipment's rolling four or five times a year, depending on your cutting schedule, you know, you fast forward that through those first two years of alfalfa, you know, rolling in the third or fourth year, hay, you know, starting to flirt with, you know, 40, 50 plus percent yield drop just from the traffic isn't out of the realm. And, you know, Allie, you know, it's your thoughts, but if you start thinking at, you know, how happy would I be with a corn crop that's 40% off of maybe the next field, you know, that's a pretty emotional thing, right? Well, this ain't going to work. This ain't feasible. But on the flip side of it, when we look at alfalfa, you know, we see those yield drops now on the flip side, not every operation maybe has a yield monitor or can scale everything to quantify that every single year. Um, but as we get more more data and more operations that can, you know, there, I don't think it's any, there's any doubt that those older stands really do have a yield drag. So I think that leads us into, you know, we keep talking about older stands, but in your mind, could you maybe just walk us through what could a rotational system mm-hmm. set look like? You know, how many years is that yep. before we get out? Yeah. And this is something, you know, I, I've worked with dairy producers my, my whole career and I can even, you know, date back to time in college that, you know, when we were looking at alfalfa production and rotational systems, um, you know, we did some some work on this. And I think this the truth of this is carried through all the way to current time that in a lot of cases, if you, you know, take out all of the, the factors, if you're just going to look at pure productivity, you know, if you're seeding alfalfa in the spring, you know, there's that year and then take the next two alfalfa years and automatically rotate out. Now, now that means regardless, right? At the end of that second year, it's probably still a beautiful stand of hay had really good productivity, but when you roll across it for the last cutting, you know, you're basically just going to say, okay, that's the end of that. We're going to get the sprayer out here. We're going to round up 2,4-D it, burn it down, and we're going to corn next year, regardless of what it is. And in that system, you're probably going to be looking at every year, we're taking out a third and reseeding a third every year. And the whole concept of this is getting away from like what we said, Allie, 40, 50, 60% yield losses, getting back to corn, which is going to, you're going to raise really, really good corn, corn on sod, getting the standout earlier means more nitrogen credit that equals, Hey, corn on sod needs less traits. So you got lower seed costs, more yield. And, you know, Allie, in some cases you might be freeing up acres for manure more frequently, where you think about a field being tied up for four years, alfalfa, maybe not an option to drag line manure. You're also, you know, rotating acres to get more manure on a more frequent basis. So really what we're, we're getting at here, you know, it's obviously I can, I can tend to get this way. Do I have my blinders on? So in my mind, when you think about rotating alpha, alfalfa quicker, the first thing your mind goes to is purchasing more seed, but Mm -hmm. we need to look at this as an over time figuring in all those factors. Like you said, how does that positively impact your corn yields? Um, Keeping these alfalfa seeding stands where they need to be because we know what we're doing across those acre, the manure component as all livestock producers know, is a huge, huge proponent. Um, And when you put the numbers to that, that can certainly help. So I really just like how you've laid this out. We're looking at this as a a return as a whole. Um, And it certainly just starts to become a really intriguing thing that I think um, livestock, specifically dairies, can really take a hard look um, at potentially starting to implement across their operations. Um, What other factors are we maybe missing here that... uh, this yeah, I, I think, you know, you know, and when I say like there's going to be more productivity or if I look at the three years of, you know, the seeding year plus the two year, then maybe it's back to corn for two years or three years over that five or six year period. What we're saying is you're going to produce more high quality feed per acre in that system than you ever will dragging out third and fourth year stands and not cycling out. And the other part we talked about in segment one is just think of that risk reduction. You know, what if I don't ever get stuck where oh, I just lost 80% of my alfalfa to winter kill. Because 
you know, can young stands have issues too? Yes, they can, but in most cases it happens on old stand. But if we can reduce risk, maximize, you know, uh, productivity, maximize return on the acre, that's what this system is all about. Thanks for listening. Join us next week and let us know if you have any questions. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie G-Wise, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060.